0: Hello and welcome to this uh, free episode of TF It's the free one Every (sighs) week uh, we, are, right. we are coming to Once you week, live, it's as a matter one. of fact, uh, from on top of London's best new attraction. Mm. Uh, no one can stop talking about it. Everyone is gathered here, I assume, to see us or this fantastic attraction, whatever it is. Um, I think it's going to be a feature of our fair city for a very long time. It's the London Mound, yeah. everyone. We built a mound. We built a kurgan
1: or, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, mm. so, some kind of like uh, yeah. funerary monument. But made of We built
2: the Kurgan from the film Highlander yeah. <laughs> no, uh, in Marble Arch. <laughs> and and everyone's here, we've paid eight pounds to walk up the mound. <laughs> I love that literally it's in a part of London called Marble Arch, so called cool because it has a giant fuck off marble arch for no reason. And yeah. the dumbest architectural feature of Marble Arch is now a big mound. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's look. That's why they call it
0: Mound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Mound. It's very important uh, it's to, build the, mound. to build the marble arch and
1: then dwarf that marble arch with an artificial hill. It's
2: the man where we
0: used to hang the nunsies.
2: Yeah, uh, that it's is culture.
0: Simple uh, as. Uh, and with us on top of the uh, fantastic London mound, uh, it is friend of the show, returning guest James Meadway, who I believe now has access uh, to um, free premium spirits and also ten percent off at Bath and Body Works. James, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, just admiring the view up here. Uh, it's quite yeah. quite something. Well, there are the around. There are some bins. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, for for those of you who may not be uh, in Britain, um, you may not be familiar with the British mm. tradition of incredibly, incredibly shit public displays of uh, sort of art, uh, performance, various sort of awful installations that seem to cost millions and millions of pounds. Mm. And um, in this case are, is a big pile of, of a big scaffolding that, well, not that big, even. An 82-foot pile of scaffolding covered in some sod and some mostly hmm. dead trees.
2: Oh, not sod. <laughs> and yeah, there's a shortage of that at the moment. Th- the thing hmm. is,
1: right, it, it it's arrayed in sort of a way that the, the slope is very high, right? Because it's a mound. Uh, in yeah. order to get the trees on this, what they've done is not plant the trees on the sod. What they've done is they've cut through, put the, tr- put the trees in a pot within the scaffolding and let them poke out of a hole. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it's a tremendous experience. It looks like tremendous. It, it looks like a hill rendered on like a PS1. Well,
0: no, what what happened what happened <laughs> PS1 is PS1 Hagrid is, is the game's keeper. <laughs> the, the draw distance in zone 1 is actually very low. The ground is quite glitchy around it, it there. It kind of re-
3: it kind of reminds me of like the terrain that, uh the type of like uh grassy terrain that you'd see on like Warhammer boards.
4: Ooh! Yeah, absolutely. Yes, flock. Yeah, yeah. Or model railway. You know, somebody with a real model rail- railway fixation has so, been allowed to. Well, James. <laughs> so what happened? What's happened here is uh, they've spent a pro- so uh,
0: Westminster Council has a 150 million pound plan uh, to basically bring people back into uh, the city of Westminster following the pandemic. And personally, I think uh, building this. <laughs> scaffolding with some dirt on it was a great way to spend two million of those. Mm-hmm. Everyone Come and get the novel coronavirus well, here,
2: on a mound. What?
0: Everyone wants to see the mound because you have a fantastic view of the area
3: directly around the mound, which <laughs> includes some bins and a traffic roundabout. Oh, oh I live around the mound. And yeah. and like some, and some big roads. You oversee... Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what I was going to say was that, like, I don't... I thought people were initially a little harsh about the mound in the sense that like, if it was this public area that you could like maybe hang out in, like maybe you could sit on top of it um oh, like no. perhaps no, that'd that be a good but like not only have they like really fenced it have really fenced it off but it's like very likely that if people try to use this mound for the kind of so-called public purpose it was designed for i.e. to like maybe have some space to like hang out with your friends and everything like mm-hmm. it's just going to be really heavily policed as they look yeah. for teenagers special like special mound nos. unit <laughs>
0: we're gonna we're gonna have break.
3: like So
1: nineteen rappelling down onto the top of and, the mound, and eventually, yeah, of
3: and eventually, like it will either be mm. used is like some guy will either use it and buy like and and build like a dumb house on top of the mound, um, mm. or mm. it will be used to hang nonces, or like people suspect mm. it to be nonces. But I feel like those are the only yeah. two logical like endpoints for the
2: mound. They should conduct tests on nonces, I think, on mm-hmm. the mound. I think they should do like ducking stool, <laughs> like putting them on he- under heavy rocks <laughs> and just see what happens. So
0: basically, what the, it, you might not surprise you to know. Flora Gill coming up with some ideas. It might not <laughs> to do on
1: the mound. Auditioning for the role of nonce yeah. finder general. It,
0: That's right. It might not surprise you to know that the mound is part of a... Now, apparently it's to do with climate change. No. But oh, is cool. it to give everyone in of somewhere
1: in to, like,
2: it? crowd onto <laughs> and higher ground when I, the entire I think Mohammed Al-Fayed, when he eventually dies, should be buried in the mound <laughs> So, basically uh, That's the closest
0: thing we have to a pharaoh uh, right? uh, The founding partner of MVRDV, uh, the architecture Patchy. firm behind the project, well, the, the founding partner named Winey Moss <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, no uh said um sorry it's called Mr. Mossyoshi <laughs> it says it's a big pity that the hill didn't appear fit- finished, mm. saying the vegetation was a bit modest, but the dream behind the project was to create a space that would make people think about how the city could be made greener and used to combat climate change, but that message seemed yeah. to be lost and, this week. And by greener we mean sort of greyish browner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean it, it fits, I think, into a sort of great British tradition of um of public art that is just sort of a bit sort of like Massively overthought and incredibly mm. shit. Mm. Like we are amazing at this. But We're amazing at like having a guy spending like twenty million pounds to like have a guy string up some fairy lights on Hyde Park <laughs> to promote a conversation. But the thing is, right? Oh, like
1: yeah. it, it's more dismal than any of our previous things because like we we have this history of public art, as you say, and especially in London, like whether that's New Labour's sort of like circus project of putting up a big Ferris wheel and a big tent. Or like Boris's Mm. more grandiose things of just having a bridge with a park on it, uh, or like a cableway or whatever. But now Boris has been kicked upstairs, uh, and Mm. and we just sort of have—I don't know—how about we do a, a
2: hill? Yeah, People Come one, hell. come all, and look upon the weapons of mass destruction.
4: Why not check in on the moor in his hiding place?
1: <laughs> this is basically what the Millennium Dome was originally intended to be, I think. <laughs> well, it's kind
4: of one of those, it's, it's in the, the, the tradition of those those dreadful sort of, you know, every every Christmas you get these kind of winter festivals. Oh, so it's a complete yeah. blowout, and then you charge 15 quid to sort of wander around, look yeah. at some mm. fairy lights and a half-starved yeah. deer. It's 20 that quid kind of- to
2: get into the Saturnalia, fucking piss yeah <laughs> It it it
0: it seems to be as well, right? That um that there is a sense I think that every council in Britain is Mm. just desperate to be defrauded, right? Oh yeah, Yeah. and they're right. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Where like if someone comes up to them and just says. I'm going to cre- I am going to create something that is so sort of um, magical and green and enticing that mm. the people who live in the borough will be unable to resist flocking yeah. from their homes it, it and works stimulating for the economy North Haverbrook Borough yeah.
2: Council.
1: Basically, yes. Every English council is a kind of like a bumbling medieval oaf, wandering around <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting yeah, sold and- a different and- collection of magic beans.
0: And I think really, they are so in, I think most of them are afraid of being like sort of looked down upon by an urbane mm. Dutch architect that they're like, yes, I love a hill. Please make a hill. I understand how it will work.
2: Yeah. I think the energy of the average, like kind of British council is they're constantly being like incredibly deferent to like sort of ridiculous con men. And then as soon as you need a service from them, they're being like, no, fuck you. Well, no. that's not something we, no. No, no. You, we have you, to deal with. these Yeah. Turtleneck. I was dealing with Hackney Council this week and they were pulling the incredibly weird uh, power move of whenever I sent them an email, replying to my email, but in a way that made it clear that they had not read any of the contents of my email. Mm -hmm. And they're just sending me like, "Okay, well, we're not going to read your email, but have you considered this? And it's like, well, I have (laughs) considered it. And I wrote something about it in my email, which if you'd have read it. Yeah, you wouldn't have said this to me.
0: Uh, it's. I think it's. They were very busy, uh, presumably uh, buying like a big a, mound. Yeah, big mound. Ma- well, no, the uh, Westminster. He did the mound.
2: No, That's that The big mound is the excavation <laughs> of the hackney we, the hole. The would
1: <non-s3> be ideal.
4: <laughs> yeah, they're going to build gonna <laughs> a
2: kick him <them> in, <laughs> Sparta style. Oh yeah, we're
1: going to build a big hall. Yeah. We're going to have that. And the fucking, thing is- yeah, 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 spend eight quid to go and
0: look at the hackney Sarlacc <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I like, 16 pounds
2: definitely don't get kicked in you yeah. can go to the area with the railing the prison from the dark Knight rises yeah. is coming to Mare street
3: <laughs> uh i mean
0: that was, like my, the, I mean, that was my favorite
2: escape room so
3: <laughs> bane was raised in the escape room <laughs> they
0: say they say you've really adopted alco uh, the company Uh, which describes itself on social media as a team that creates happy and adventurous places blamed the chaos facing the mound on London's challenging (laughs) weather and the unpredictability of of working with plants, vowing the artificial attraction will get better.
4: The of working with plants. Never work with plants and children. Yeah, that's what
2: they say. That's right. You Uh. can never tell what a plant's going to
3: do. It kind of exposes this, like, Fairly big problem, which I think is like very evident in like the council that I live in uh, and like lots of mm-hmm. other councils where um, like there's kind of like quite obvious gentrification going on, which is that like you have pressure on councils uh, to make stuff that can be used for public consumption or like things mm-hmm. that are like publicly accessible. And for so long, like because so much of how you know, London has developed is one where it's like, you know, if you're rich, you buy land and you make it into property and then you like rent that out to people who Mm. work like shitty gig economy jobs or very low paid work. But all of a sudden this pressure to now make public stuff, um, councils just don't know what to do. They don't know what like a public what like something for mm-hmm. public enjoyment would be like you know because to me it doesn't it doesn't make sense that you know you have the very obvious things that could be used for public good things like art galleries or libraries or like museums and you know there are kind of like very there are like tried and tested things that would be you know you could say would be good like would be a public good and yet they end up they end up like doing gimmicks and these bizarre installations like this one yeah, because.
1: Because how else are you going to impress uh, a European finance guy called like right. Julian Fondet Tumkon? Right,
3: and so and so and so yeah. it just kind of like you know we we talk a lot about like how London is basically like a giant theme park and it's just filled with these like mm. very be, be filled with these like very stupid attractions which people just find very funny or like they kind of gawk at for a little bit before they like get on with their you know get on with whatever they were doing and these ten and mm. these are now conceived of as like these big public. Like good, so like this mm. is what public space is like it it feels like after so long of um you know so long that so I'm sorry, it, it feels like after so long of how like areas in London have basically developed in a particular way, which is designed for a particular mm. kind of person coming in, but they just mm, can't conceive yeah. of what public space is. I've often said
2: this I that that's London right. London feels kind of like a theme park for tourists and people on like graduate schemes. Yeah, um, and then and then they obscure you know the great historical sites of London like the Shoreditch Box Park. <laughs> I mean, we all remember <laughs> yeah. when uh, What Tyler and the Peasants' Revolt they marched straight to the Shoreditch <laughs> yeah. Box Ooh, Park. Well, it was because yeah. they wanted the, the right. They
0: wanted the right to swim in the pool between the two buildings
2: in Battersea. That's what right. A, what a clown fucking city! This yeah. is. Or, or, yeah. Jesus Surf Christ should be allowed in the Sky Pool. <laughs>
0: we we have the Sky <laughs> Pool. The oaf
2: swim in the sky pool. We have the sky
0: pool. (laughs) We have the mound. We have the climb. The London Millennium Dome experience. We have the cable car that goes from Canning absolutely Millennium Tier Dome. It is a it is a place that is so it is so abstract that it is completely forgotten. You know what it is. I've been thinking about this for a little bit. It's like if a Walt Disneyland theme park Mm. designer decided to make Main Street in Disneyland more of a Jane Jacobs thing. This is what they would do. They would do a mound. They would do a cable car. Uh, they would do a box park. They would just do embarrassing thing after embarrassing thing. And it would Remember cost millions of stuck dollars. stuck on the
2: fucking zipline. That yeah. was fun.
0: That yeah, was great. Yeah. And that, that, that's the thing. We're all still spiritually there. We're all stuck on that zipline. <laughs> yeah, London not living
2: in London life. Yeah,
0: I, I'm just excited to see what they're going to do next. Maybe bigger mounds, more mounds everywhere yeah. else.
2: Loads of mounds. Uh, Make the holes. whole city into a series yeah. of mounds to the point where you won't even be able to tell that well, they There's
3: also like a plan to just like erect more cheaply made statues.
2: Uh-huh. So, oh, yeah, sure. they're <laughs> like
0: plaster casts. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, more, more statues, more mounds, uh, yeah, we more can sort of get
1: a giant mound with a statue of an Evangelion. What do, on top. Of yeah, that. well, yeah,
3: well, what do you what do you think is going to go on top of the mound? I have been in touch with Westminster <laughs> Council. We've been in conversations for quite a long yeah. time. I'm not going to like hold anyone to. I'm not going to like you know promise anything. But what I will say is, if you're a betting person, uh, definitely bet on me and my yeah. Evangelian <laughs> statue on top of the mound.
2: I want it. I want a statue of the, uh, the Peperami guy <laughs> on top of the mound. I, yeah. I th- Maybe I th- the cheese string guy. I think the, the London Mound overall
0: is just one of these examples of uh, the cancellation of the future is depressing, but also, we forget, deeply, vicariously embarrassing. Hmm. Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> um, I love how low uh, but- poly it is.
0: I genuinely <laughs> do. <laughs> it's actually, that is very fun. Um, they promise it's gonna get better, so we're gonna eat our words, I assume. When, <laughs> when sorry,
1: have they just can invented get
2: better. patch notes for a
0: hill?
4: <laughs> <laughs> they
2: pro- well, they promise that when um, how do you fuck up building a hill? Well,
4: you call you it a, a mound. P- well. Why do they call it yeah. a mound? I just think well, burial yeah. mounds. I don't think anything yeah. good comes mm. out of mounds. Milo, yeah, yeah, get a Mott and Bailey Why on did that, they fuck it? up building hmm. a
0: mound? It's a Dutch architecture firm. They don't build mounds. They dig ditches. Ah, of course. That'll be why. Yeah, yeah. You see, the interior of the mound is interesting.
2: It's actually filled with shu <laughs>
0: That's right. Anyway, um, so that's the mound. And look, mm. maybe when like when we update, um, when we update to spring, they'll patch the mound. Yeah. and Like the plants will look more realistic. Get yeah, like will be mound like of the poly.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I hate I mean, it when the Chinese tourists keep clipping through the mound. I mean, it really I, takes I, me out of the. Okay, experience. Sorry, I
0: thought I was done with the mound. I have one more thing to say <laughs> I about would the mound.
2: Never be done okay. with the mound.
0: Oh, the mound is like it's the it's the sixth mic basically. Here's an idea: Ma- mound and pound. Is yeah. that anything? Uh, <laughs> yeah. sure. Why not? Yeah, yeah, go up the mound, get a pound. Uh, yeah. it costs yeah. eight pounds, so get a pound off going up the mound. Yeah, eight pounds to go up eighty-two feet of stairs and look at a car and look at a big road. Yeah, uh, awesome. But, I which love is... the Edgware
2: Road, it's great to look at from above. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, kebab. Ooh, ooh, there are some guys smoking shisha over
1: there. It's, it's also perfectly in height to have your view of anything else blocked by trees, which is just great. Awesome. <laughs> and they said, they said, well, we didn't plan for this because when we were planning for it, there, there weren't trees in, in bloom. Uh, and there yeah. never
0: will be again. No. Mm. I mean, it's the the, the obvious, like, it, it feels like they made it up as they went along. <laughs> mm. um, but the the other thing was, like, if you look at the design renderings, it actually looks like a quite sort of lush bit of greenery that sort of erupted yeah, yeah. from the plaza beside Marble Arch. Mm. But of course, that could never have, po- have been executed, but much like so many of the companies we talk about, the point of the design was just to get the thing sold, and now the Dutch architects are just like, What are you going to do
2: about it? You bought the mound, buddy. we talk about the bins? Because... Don Don Draper just being like, yeah, it's sound as a mound. you got to buy it. It's going (laughs) to look great. Tell me about the bins. The bins?
1: Okay, so in every photo that I've seen of the mound, uh, the entrance to it, where you queue, is just surrounded Mm -hmm. by like a a long uh, stack of council uh, wheelie bins, dumpsters... Um, mm-hmm. And also, there's like an unfinished construction site with no apparent work going on on it, directly next to the mound. So, like, even if yeah. the mound had been good, uh, the second mm. you perceive anything on the periphery of the mound, you remember that you were in London, which is not a functional city. I
2: mean, it's it's just oh, it's fun. just Britain,
1: right? Like a yes. a, a sort of Britain mass- intrudes a massive, on the mound. Yeah.
2: Are they doing yeah. the Greek tax evasion thing? Well, you know, like in Greece, you only have to pay property taxes on renovations to your house if you complete the renovation. So like every house in Greece has like a tiny bit of scaffolding on it.
0: <laughs> Who can say? Yeah. But I, I, think, I, I think we have to put aside our mound for a while. Put aside. It's time to put away childish mounds. <laughs> yes. Um. I'm done with the mound for now. Mm. Uh, I, am I done oh, with the, the mound? mound ma- will be back. Am I done with the mound forever? No, we will be talking about the we will be talking about the mound again. I love mm. the mound so much because uh, yeah. I I want to get into an, an article that James has coming out for Open Democracy soon, um, which sort of is a kind of part two to what we talked about in for our the mound. Well, yeah, it, it's yeah. he wrote an article about the mound in Open Democracy. Mm. In a sense, yeah. he sort of did. Um, mm. in as much as the article is about <laughs> James is looking very uncertain well, in, in in the sense that the the article is about what whither the active state now that sort of coronavirus mm. has forced that to happen, uh, and that sort of it co- is a bit of um an answer to what we said in season episode one of season three, which mm. is well the 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 neoliberalism as you sort of know it is going to be replaced by something else because it cannot continue yeah, by building mounds. Yeah, we're get, it's ma- neo moundalism. Yeah, but. Before we do that, I want to do a quick startup. Okay. It's called Stepladder. It has oh, nothing to do, to do with literal... the mound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to get on top
2: of the mound somehow.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and so I'm, gonna, I'm going to ask our guest, James, it's called Stepladder. It's called
2: Stepladder.
0: What do you think Stepladder does? Reminding you, it has nothing to do with literal Stepladder. Well,
4: as usual with these things, it's, it's the, the, the relationship between what the company does and the name given to it is completely like... Mm. Non-existent So yeah. to assume is almost anything That has nothing Not only to do with Not step ladders But anything that might Plausibly be associated With a step ladder So anything mm. to do with Height is probably ruled out yeah, oh, anything, to yeah. climbing, anything to do with Actually climbing Anything to do Anything to do with Anything that might Actually be useful In some circumstances yeah. Can probably anything rule out Anything
0: to do with Your biological ladder I'll tell you then. this They're often Very heavy handed Poorly thought out Metaphors mm. Hmm. So Milo Heavy handed Poorly thought out Metaphor It's called step ladder
2: and I'll give you one more hint. It describes itself as a collaborative blank platform. Collaborative blank Is it, uh, Is it like uh, a thing, like an incubator? It like, brings people together to come it up with a bad business to- idea. Okay.
0: It does bring people together not to come up with a bad okay. business idea. Hussein, step left. I
3: assume it's something to do with jobs and it's something to do with like, it, it sounds to me like it's some sort of convoluted mentor scheme. It's mm. convoluted, but
0: no, it's not to do with jobs or innovation. It's Out. called cocaine.
1: <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. Stepladder? Is it? Is it maybe like some kind of like nested series of loans? <gasps> no. Well, yes. No, it isn't. Yes,
2: no, it, it is. No, it Fuck. isn't. It's like it's actually the financing <laughs> Wait, boost so what, you so, so need what, to attain your. So potential. what you're
3: saying is that it's kind of like a micro. It's a micro MLM.
0: You guys are getting very good at this. <laughs> Effectively, yes. I don't, Lone trioshka. I don't However,
1: appreciate this at all.
0: <laughs> they call it a collaborative finance platform.
4: Okay. All right. It's a pyramid scheme.
0: Well, actually, I checked on their FAQ, and the first entry on their FAQ is, is Stepladder a pyramid scheme? Oh.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, is it? This is... This is like the thing where, you know, the, the rule of headlines where any headline question can be answered with no. Any FAQ on the website one, that can be answered with yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. So uh, it's basically,
0: it's a collaborative finance platform. Are uh, you struggling to raise a housing deposit? Work on mm. your credit score, raise a deposit. Work on your credit score, asterisk. Raise a deposit and achieve your financial goals. So is Stepladder a Ponzi scheme? In the early days of setting up Stepladder, this was one of the questions we were most often asked. I really
1: distrust (laughs) that they had the chance Mm. to answer with no as the first (laughs) word, and they didn't (laughs) choose to do
2: that. Yeah. Like, you can just lie. Do they not know that? But guess what? (laughs) A, <laughs> and they're like, well, strictly speaking, not exactly. <laughs> the Financial Conduct Authority don't put
0: Ponzi schemes on their register. And B, if we were. <laughs> would, those, oh, <laughs> would
2: those guys over at the Financial Conduct Authority have yeah. put us on their register? They don't put things called Ponzi schemes on their register. Yeah, you have to pretend to not be one. <laughs> for like a whole 45-minute meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Who could do that? They it's very thorough. They come around and they ask you, is this a Ponzi scheme? And you have to go, no. Yeah, you and they go, well, okay then.
0: Yeah, well if you'd said yes, we'd be having a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'd be in a lot of trouble yeah. right now. We'd say, mm. Hey, don't say that. Yeah. Hey, say something else. <laughs> you gotta say something different. Mm. Um B, if we were, we'd have closed down by now or if you you'd have read about it in the press.
4: Huh. No Ponzi scheme has
2: ever been long-running or successful.
4: <laughs> no, here's the thing. Sorry, sorry, that's their actual answer.
2: Yes, that's their answer we, we from can't their FAQ. We can possibly be a
4: Ponzi scheme because we'd have been caught if we were a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. we filled in
2: the form that said we weren't and everything's fine. Could a criminal do this? <laughs> and then, like, a little bit of juggling or something. <laughs> so, then uh, people go, ooh. <laughs> so, um,
0: basically, they say uh, uh, it is a, a, a method, so it's peer-to-peer lending uh, it's a method of I raising see. money. Um, and basically what you do is you sign up uh, and then you join w- with a goal. So let's say you want to raise £10,000 towards your housing deposit. Sure. You then get signed. You sign up. You get put into a circle with okay. other people who want to raise right. £10,000. A drum circle. Yeah. Mm. You each pay... Into that pot of of money, let's say five hundred pounds a month or whatever, right? And then as soon as there's ten thousand pounds in it, it gets randomly allocated to one of you. But everyone has to keep paying in until all ten thousand pounds is raised for everyone.
1: We're genuinely getting closer and closer to Tontine, the
0: startup. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) T O N T O N T N. Um. So basically, right? It's a. It's instead of having. A deposit, it, and again, this is just ways that we're sort of um, solving mm-hmm. the housing affordability crisis, uh, or w- sorry, ways that startups are coming in to quote help solve the fin- the housing affordability crisis uh, by instead um, preying on people, yeah. <laughs> while trying to afford to we'll help you over leverage yourself. And how do they make money from this? Oh, hell, they charge a simple, a tiny, a microscopic five percent management fee. Oh,
2: only five percent. Only five percent. I just five percent. I
0: got this right. It's a lottery.
2: Well, you're guaranteed to win at some point. Oh, like the lottery. <laughs> Fantastic.
4: Yeah. It's a lottery. All right.
2: So, yeah, the lottery. If you buy 14 million tickets, you're probably going to win. Yeah. Uh, it's,
0: it's basically so it's let's say there are 10 of you. You're all putting in 10,000 pounds a month. You all want to raise 10,000 So you're all putting in 1,000 pounds a month. You want to raise 10,000 pounds. So for 10 months, each of you puts in 1,000 pounds. And then each month, one of you will receive the 10,000 pounds. Um, But again, minus the uh, quite onerous 5% management fee taken by the company, Mm. that all they've done is sort of put you together. And then they also make money another way, which is by connecting you to the kind of mortgage broker that will accept a loaned deposit. Because once you have Uh. your deposit, you still have to keep paying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, the only mortgage brokers that will accept a loan deposit, generally speaking, are ones that charge relatively high interest.
2: Hmm fantastic so what we've sort done is we've cr- l- yeah. some sort of lone marine animal yeah exactly Lone, lone, a clown uh, um, uh, one of those a lone manatee yeah hmm. a lone manatee yeah. uh also yeah. uh i checked it stepladder is
0: not covered in the financial services compensation scheme which means if it goes bust you are fucked <laughs>
4: oh ah,
0: yeah well that's good yeah yeah but uh and, and the thing is right This company has received, um, I would say, uh, quite a bit of uh,
2: almost. Puff press coverage. Yeah, from us. Yeah, right yeah. now, obviously. <laughs> hey, uh, and this is financial advice. You should go <laughs> invest in this. No, it's not financial advice. Oh, it's not financial advice. <laughs> Le- legally, we'll do, do not do that. Don't do it illegally either. Yeah, <laughs> don't do anything. Yeah, um, don't, you, don't, don't do anything. That's our advice. It's <laughs> yeah. not it's not an investment advice. Neither don't invest
0: it. in it, nor don't invest in it. Yeah, we are offering you contradictory, non-existent yeah. advice. You, know, um, um,
2: you, you can just go jack off instead. This so is anyway, jacking off advice. You
0: might be asking, well hang on what ha- and also by the way they get this yeah. this uh company is mm-hmm. funded to the tune of again millions of pounds by various london-based vcs because it's a london-based uh, company of course uh only only a british company could be like people saving for a housing deposit an american company would be like figure out a way to like turn your house into something they can rent you a yeah, british yeah, company yeah. would be like are oh, you saving for a deposit fuck it <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that's the wrong accent for yeah. the kind of guy who's yes. running this yes, company. it's true. did mm. yeah. no, you know, there are some people who don't have a housing deposit because they haven't had the foresight to have wealthy parents. <laughs> well, I say, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hugo, I think we can get in on this. <laughs> I think there's a market here.
0: <laughs> and if you don't, fin- if for some reason you're not able to pay, you get kicked out of the circle and given your money back less the fees, mm. which means it's basically... A savings account at negative five percent interest. Fantastic! Yeah, you're buying German government debt. <laughs> yeah, 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 but with uh none of the security, and also mm. you can't do anything with it. No. Uh, if 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 anything, it is less secure than German government debt because at least like you know the ECB may print money <laughs> to to pay that debt <laughs> if it's German. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's uh. This is the, so they're basically saying, oh yeah, actually, this is this is actually done all all around the world like this. You know, in uh. Where people in like Brazil or whatever will have community. Comptonville. <laughs> yeah. <World laughs> well, they, they
1: say yeah, nobody's ever Brazil. been scammed in so- yeah. like Brazil or somewhere.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I, would a scammer be a Nigerian general? <laughs> uh, no. So
0: basically, it, it is. It is a way that like community like. Communities in Brazil will raise money between them in a way like this where everyone's like, I want to get a new dishwasher and then like they will pay into a fund and do it like this. Right. But yeah. these guys have figured... sponsored flexos in the town square. <laughs> these guys have figured out a way yeah, to basically to make that evil to make that uh, <laughs> profitable for them and their investors.
2: Uh, and uh, dangerous and risky for you. Hmm. This, unlike many of the startups we talk about on this show, is actually very profitable, I mm-hmm. would imagine, because this is just like you just take people's money for in exchange for nothing. Well, well, well yes, all correct. I'm thinking is that like, yeah. you know,
3: there's, there's, there's like five of us plus, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, I've, uh, uh-huh. yeah
3: I've, got, I've got an idea if anyone's interested. Okay. Yeah, we should... <laughs> uh, is, it, is it a tontine? <laughs> is it a trash future mound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly, that's right. We should put in um £10,000 each, uh so that we can buy a mound. I, I see
1: immediately one problem
2: here
3: yeah mm.
2: yeah <laughs> well, okay well look we just look. don't tell nate and we just build a mound at the new office <laughs> <laughs> the
0: mound, yeah i think i think we can really, one parking
2: space is just a fucking mound <laughs> i really there. think
3: we
0: could make a great mound. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If Look, if we just create a tontine to fund this mound mm. i think we can bring it I all think together people,
3: i think people would come to see the hackney mound
0: we're gonna build. We're gonna build the Hackney anyway. Mound, and we're gonna do it with this uh, extremely stupid form of, <laughs> of yeah.
2: finance. From the from the mound, you could see the uh, the uh, junky shit uh, that uh, was taken uh, on the parking space next to ours. Uh-huh. Uh, you could yeah. also see the Sainsbury's. Yeah, this you could see that. No, that would be blocked by the you, building. You, you, you can see out. the
3: Shoreditch Box Park, and if you look really far ahead, you could see the
2: Croydon Box Park as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm. A view of all the box parks. Oh, we could get one of those, um, you know, coin-operated binoculars. <laughs> that's how we recoup the yeah. money. But it takes See, now four, we're thinking like business people. Four two-pound coins for 30 seconds of looking through the binoculars. That's right, yeah.
0: Uh, the binoculars do not work. No.
2: Um, no uh, kaleidoscope. Yes, that's right.
0: It's a viewfinder of, of all <laughs> of, of pictures. That, of, it's a viewfinder of different box parks. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's got pictures of us in there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Why not? Yeah, uh, look that's a, cool guys. Yeah, a picture of
2: that time we went to Russia. Yeah, exactly. It's me, Riley, and Karl Marx.
0: Yeah, no. Um. So that's uh, that's step Um. And uh, I, I want to sort of now put aside Childish startups. Mm. Uh. But I'm putting it with the mound. Yeah. Um. And I want to move ahead one. to our offices are at one the mound, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but one, one mound street. <laughs> yeah. Um. Where, uh, James, you and I have sort of spoken about this, uh, sort of for quite a while now, um, where are, are the, a question that sort of is is i think has been on people's minds ever since you know covid happened um is what is wh- how is capital going to organize itself now that the sort of um the heady days of sort of china's accession to the wto um the the the, the sort of the promise of the um tech boom 1.0 mm. or what have you are now basically dead and we must, And in order to secure its, uh, its precious returns, um, a more sort of nakedly political uh, solution is required.
4: Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, it's, and it's not just COVID. I mean, this is all happening well before. This is from 2008 onwards. You had this sort of happy period in capitalism, uh, which we all remember well of, of the 2000s boom, uh, massive amounts of credit flowing through great chunks of the world economy, Uh, no return to boom and bust if you're Gordon Brown, which all sort of comes crashing to halt around about 2007, 2008. Mm. And it's been limping along, at least in sort of North America and and Europe ever since. It's not really limping along if if you're in China or if you're in other parts of the world. But that, that limping, that failure to recover growth, and productivity growth and all the other things is is what's driving this sort of political turn, or at least it's one of the factors driving it. So, in mm. other words, instead of saying, "Okay, we're going to invest and build these companies and there'll be loads of growth and everyone's got jobs," you say, uh, "Can we develop a relationship with our government and get money off them in some way?" Right?
0: Yeah, I think this is one of the one of the sort of um, things that I think is uh, might mark an almost sort of sea change in this attitude. Is recently the sort of why we're talking about this now. Mm. Um, is that a uh, a core part of one of the private companies that supplied parts of the uh, UK's completely useless nuclear submarine fleet? Um, yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, went had gotten into some trouble because it was a massive defense contractor, and that is just and, and, and your entire this isn't industry. A this is just a mound. <laughs> your entire <laughs> industry is nothing but boondoggles, right? Mm. So uh, Sheffield Forgemasters, this company, uh, which sounds like someone that
2: makes Warhammer 40k miniatures, to be honest. Oh, it really does. It do- yeah, it does. It also sounds like a company Alan Partridge would be doing like a private event for. Uh-huh. But Sheffield Forgemasters, they're very serious people, then. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it is some kind of joke? Um, they forge Warhammer figurines. <laughs> These are men of battle. <laughs> I, read, I read that in the ad copy. Yeah.
4: Isn't Games Workshop like the most successful company in the, in the entire country at the minute? or something? Oh, share price has gone yeah. through the roof last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, Older, and and yeah. the government's
0: going to nationalize it. Uh, yeah. No, but um, so what happened was this company was in trouble because the whole sector of defense contracting is sort of nothing but a bunch of boondoggles, kind of just sort of floating along because they're they know that the government sort of their buyers of last resort.
2: But First sh- of all, let us say that uh, this is not a boondoggle. <laughs> <laughs> the F thirty five, we get asked this a lot. It's not a boondoggle. Yeah. Look, many people are asking us if it's a boondoggle,
0: but would a government contractor create a boondoggle? Yeah, this is a very different kind of doggle. First of all, <laughs> this isn't your mom's doggle. Uh, no, so um, but that essentially what happened is this company was then nationalized. The Ministry of mm. Defence has purchased Sheffield Forge Masters, I think a technically a kind of sausage. <laughs> and I think I think this is different from. Uh, sort of the government sort of reluctantly taking a stake in RBS in 2008, mm. because they, which was the we are going to hold on to this, we're going to get rid of it as soon as possible. This feels different. Why is that? Well,
4: it's, yeah, I think that's broadly right. I mean, they are saying that they'll return it to the private sector and it will still be a competitive market and this sort of thing. So Sheffield Ford Mash like the- capture and release will let it be <laughs> given back to its natural <laughs> habitat eventually. It just needs to gain a bit of strength yes yeah, so so uh, that's roughly what what they say they're going to do, and then they never do r b s mm. is still you know great chunks of it is is owned by by the government here uh, in, in this case it's it's different because they're they're sort of they they're directly going out and saying, okay, we need to get hold of this uh particular company, Sheffield Forge Masters because they produce very you know, high quality steel for various bits of defence. Uh, and they want to make sure that steel is being supplied because they've got all these extra bits of defence they want to do at some point in the future. So in other mm. words, they're deliberately intervening in the supply chain to try and hold the thing together, rather than in a state of something like panic, where if RBS collapses, like the rest of the whole economy falls down the big hole, it, it leaves behind yeah, so us. the big hole that we built in Hackney. Exactly. Yeah. The so it all hole. disappears down the economy hole sometime yeah. in 2008. So yeah, you have with to nationalise it. So, so it's, uh, what a very different world it would have been if that <laughs> yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they nationalise it in a sort of positive, if you like, uh, way. They, they, it's it's something where they, they want to get hold of the supply chain, get the thing running as they would see it properly. And and, mm. it's, and it's, an, it's an intervention of the kind that, that we've not, rhetorically, for 40 years at least, you've had governments basically say, we can't ever possibly do this sort of thing. You must nationalize nothing. Everything must be decided by the private sector. So in other Mm. words, it's it's a turn against neoliberalism. It's Mm. another part of this big turn. You see, not just here, actually, you see it in America, you see it across Europe, similar sort of uh, things happening.
0: And I I think when we say, when you say sort of turn against neoliberalism, and I sort of will turn uh, back to some of my co-hosts here, right? I think it's very Mm. easy to think what you mean is turn against capitalism, when what you really mean, I think, is Capital has capital has sort of uh, has decided it does want the state
4: to do certain things to solve certain problems for it, right? That's exactly it. It's uh, it's, it's it's so it's yeah. Exactly. I mean, the trouble is if you say, oh, it's uh, turning against neoliberalism. Neoliberalism, you know, it's on the way out. People sort of think, oh, well, that's good that means we're going yeah. to get something much better and it'll all be like some <laughs> happy social democratic shangri-la. It could be worse. It could be very significantly <laughs> yeah. worse. So, so you, know, you, you have a big, uh, increasingly authoritarian state sort of taking great chunks of the economy into its mm. hands and deciding what they're going to do with it. It's not necessarily mm. a brilliant situation to get to. So, so everything could I, easily I, get worse. I can't worse see how that could go wrong.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> would, it, would the authoritarian state do anything bad? <laughs> but your silence speaks volumes.
0: Well, um, as a matter of fact, if, uh, if and again, this is the idea of this isn't sort of entirely entirely new. I think there is mm. there is a, a a fantasy understanding of neoliberalism as neoliberalism neoliberalism is when markets, mm, yeah. um, which I think is, is is overly simplified, right? Neoliberalism is a historical thing; it happened mm. sort of it it was brought about sort of in history. It has its historical sort of uh, uh, rise, sort of uh, propagating itself throughout institutions at the global level with free trade, at the domestic level Mm. with things like welfare state, uh, with anti-trade unionism, welfare state uh, um, uh, uh, residualization, all this stuff, and um, and that it's uh, but that the state is very active in doing this. Mm. It's that the state is active as a facilitator rather than say an owner or an entrepreneur. And uh, if you want one another example of an entrepreneurial state, did you know that a firm called InQtel has recently purchased uh, a large stake in a British company called Mindtech? Mindtech being a company compute
2: <laughs> Global <hyper-vega corp laughs> shit. Well, like, Mindtech
0: what? being a company that creates um, a that creates data to train CCTV uh, AI enabled CCTV cameras on Cool. Incutel is, of course, owned by the CIA. Again, uh. that's just like they say it on their like website. We are the CIA's investment fund. Um, nice and so so this is again this can't be bad if you want to know what states are investing in they're investing in uh they're investing in data to train ais that that's uh, surveillance um focused ais steel to make nuclear submarines they're also they're investing in um and but what 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 are they investing in versus what are they not i mean alice we were talking about this earlier today right sort of this 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 history this decline and fall this demarcating What that the the big gray ideology box as you call it? Yeah, um,
1: well, I I think it's possible to make too much of this as like a a a symptom of decline of neoliberalism. I think Mm -hmm. it's uh, certainly we've seen that like uh, the we're sort of in crisis mode because. Mm you know some contradictions have been heightened and now things are oh, getting no. a bit a bit difficult for capital sometimes uh, particularly if you want to do stuff that uh, seems uh, important to you maintaining that that economic system whether that's like mm. having steel to build things with or mm. uh, you know having cctv cameras to watch people with or whatever um but i think it's it, it's possible to make the mistake of believing that um this this is sort of a some grand retreat from neoliberalism, B done by people who really believe in neoliberalism, right? Mm. Uh, and that that's a distinction I think it's important to draw. There's, like there's a couple of like ASI freak shows who look like haunted muppets who really do believe that mm. like the free of the markets, the free of the people, right? But like mm. for the most part, the ideology at work here is still basically just uh, me and my friends should get rich, and everybody else is just kind of like gonna have yeah. to deal with that.
2: Um, yeah, it's been much harder recently. here at the fund, you know. <laughs> it's not been so straightforward. We've had to cut back on some of this stuff, you know. Uh, Gary the plumber is not calling me back about the apartments we own in Ketting. <laughs> it's been trouble getting hold of him. I think he's going through a divorce. We've had to fire some of the Twinks who suck me off. <laughs> oh, no, not, not easy, them. you know. are yeah.
3: all suffering.
1: I, I, genuinely, though, I think it is a case of, like, kicking the can down the road. I mm-hmm. think it's a, yeah. it, it's a way of, like... Uh, keeping these things in-house for exactly as long as you need to to get them working, and then doing the catch-and-release mm. thing. Um, and just kind of hoping that the problems go away on their own, which is very funny to me. I also do this.
2: Probably some of these steel companies, you know, if the government touches them, then their mother won't take them back. You know, you think <laughs> you're doing the right thing, but actually it's it's tricky.
4: I think that's, that's broadly right but that's how that's how neoliberalism came about in the first place there are a few like real ideologues out there Milton Friedman Hayek you know these sort of people rattling around who have a clear vision about what they want to get to but but for mm. governments in the most part it's just a series of adjustments around some ideas of what they want to do next it's like you know, Margaret Thatcher doesn't arrive as Prime Minister in 1979 and says right here we go neoliberalism that's what we're doing that's not what the 79 manifesto uh, says it's just some small adjustments that start to take on something of a life of their own mm. so, so it develops as a series of responses to crisis. And what you got at the minute is a whole load of people who may well sort of believe various versions of. Neoliberal horseshit about uh, markets and and you know private enterprise and whatever else, but mm. they're having to work in circumstances where, as you said, Alice, it's a series of crises and a series of problems. So every kind of partial adjustment they make leads them further and further out of mm. uh, the the previous neoliberal system. Which, which, as I said, I think since two thousand eight didn't collapse all at once, but it's been in, in a bad way and it's been some form of retreat ever since then. I,
0: I think one of, one of the things, right, that and I think this sort of brings together a few threads that we talk about quite a bit is that Mm. most of the growth in value since 2008, especially in markets, has been big mega cap tech companies that all lose money and don't really do anything. What they do is they oh, no. they make money. <laughs>
2: this is the first time hearing of this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they make oh yeah, because you you go into a fugue state once you st- and yeah, while well, you yeah. think about what the next thing the twunk hole capital guy oh, says. Oh no, my
2: investment's in <laughs> <laughs> Um But are they still going? But that, what
0: I think we we say like what neoliberalism cre- what neoliberalism creates is as mm. you say, Alice. My friends and I get rich, and for a long time the mm. paradigm of how to do that after two thousand eight was oh. All we need to do is inflate the value of these assets because money is going to be cheap and free forever. Mm, yeah, um, and Nothing that's sort of what bad ever happened. <laughs> and so you get a you get the scam economy out of that, right? That's how you get the scam economy. And the thing is, the scam economy works great for capitalists mm. until they actually need to do something, which is a crisis. Mm. And so yeah. a crisis has presented itself, and our economy has to almost like um uh, like sort of truck factories retooling to build tanks. Yeah. Our fa- our factories have to retool to like not be Potemkin fake scam ones anymore, but actually they have to f- do things. Oh, we're suddenly worried about our capacity. For in the U.S., there was a massive panic about the capacity to not make, for example, PPE anymore. Right, mm. and I think what this what this does is it sort of it means that there is a strategic state that is that is again sort of solving problems in an ad hoc way, but in mm. but that. Because all of those problems are sort of different symptoms of the same thing, which is, oh, shit, we forgot that sometimes production has to actually happen.
2: Mm. Yeah. You can't just, it can't all be just people giving each other pieces of paper that (laughs) say stuff on it. Yeah. Like some, they they have to be connected to something.
1: You can apply a great power lens to this. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. anxiety, for instance, about China uh, as like... China, uh, both from people who like uh, falsely believe that it is not a capitalist economy, and also people who Mm. are afraid that it might be a capitalist economy that works better than ours because Uh uh, you can make people make things Mm -hmm. rather than Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. pieces of paper saying that they're going to make things. I mean,
4: that's that's a big that's a big driver in the U.S. I think. I mean, very very clearly, right? Successive governments, Donald Trump did this. Uh, as we just mentioned, uh, that, that China was his big obsession. Biden has arrived with exactly the same sort of focus on we have to do with China. And there's a real panic that for the first time, really in what, what 80 years, 100 years, the, the US isn't necessarily the world's leading technology uh, economy anymore in some key sectors. I mean, look at Huawei. Mm-hmm. Huawei produces 5G better than anybody else on the planet. It does so mm. the Chinese government subsidise it hugely for a long period of time but nonetheless it's Huawei that can do this it's not some American company that can do this so there's a a panic uh, an attempt to kind of reorganise and get the state uh, to to sort of intervene uh, in a way that you know we we haven't seen for for the last 40 years or so of sort of various versions of neoliberalism where Mm -hmm. you're just not supposed to do this sort of thing
0: and I think this sort of accounts for neoliberalism as well as a historical phenomenon but I think it's also worth talking about uh, in its institutional dimension right Mm. Because, as as we mentioned, right, there are the institutions of the of neoliberalism, as we as we describe it, are as we mentioned, the WTO is like the the granddaddy one, yeah, right. Uh, but also, for example, the uh, the job center and the D, and the DWP that is also an institution of neoliberalism mm. because it is dealing with, say, like, like one of the things that a, the, the state has to do is
2: deal with labor market fluctuations, yeah. the right? The job center is where they make the jobs. It's <laughs> where they build <laughs> yeah. the jobs. Yeah, exactly. You need jobs for the yeah. economy, yeah. so that's that's good. Yeah. Job coach, that's a job. Yeah, um, exactly. But no, that, that, but that you. I, I mostly the, yeah. work in the Potemkin business. <laughs> There's a lot of money in it. You'd be surprised. But that the the
0: state so the state needs to do things in a certain way, and mm. that um you you might so you you might ask yourself sort of as we go as we sort of find ourselves transitioning into an era of um different and crucially probably worse. Um, you need to ask. Where where is it neoliberalism in retreat and where is it not? Because it's certainly not in retreat from the job center. Mm, it's nice. it's not in retreat from the job center. It loves the job center. It's also not in retreat from our moronic public procurements such as the mound. No. Um, which again is, is I think is a per is is a perfect um, sort of a, a, a farce. To the uh, to the of of neoliberal public procurement, which is of course we must encourage people to come to this place so they can shop. So we're going to look at a bin. We're going <laughs> to private. We're going to have a bunch of like Dutchmen come and build a hill by a bin. Um, do, what
2: yeah. what will uh, what will the Americans think if London is the only global capital without a nonce hole? <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but uh, that um.
0: Uh, if you, um, if you want to think about sort of the, the institutional transformations, mm. unemployment insurance in America becomes much more generous. It becomes, it, it sort of things reverse to something like that, that this, this force is dialed back for a little bit, mm. uh, again, not permanently. Uh, but then un, in Britain, we handle sort of the labor market dimension of like handling yeah. this actual crisis that required actually governing and doing things with, uh, through employers, right? So yeah. institutionally, we handle it in a way that is much more, I think, friendly To that other Mm -hmm. paradigm right so it's not so simple as well uh neoliberalism ended uh on uh, as soon as covid was declared a pandemic rather it's like it it was confronting all of these other crises in different ways in different times again each sort of stumbling forward in an ad hoc way Mm. uh with always the question they're answering is how do we make sure that everything stays functional just enough for me and my friends to keep getting rich yeah and i i mean
1: you can like Think about this as an extended experiment mm. in uh, forms of forms of capital that are going to successfully defend me and my friends getting rich, like that natural party oh, yeah. of government. Uh, yeah. And and you can see what the the sort of the threats to capital are in uh, yeah. w- which which forms of it feel obliged to like triangulate to what, whether it's like uh, you can have you can have a bit of technocracy in in mm-hmm. your capital you can have a bit of like uh right-wing nationalism in your capital even occasionally triangulate to the left and be like you can do yeah. social you can do social
0: democracy with your capital
2: yeah uh, you want a caramel waffle in your capital you can have a caramel can, waffle. W- pretty much
0: yeah yeah more or less mm-hmm. um I, I mean i think then that the, then it's like you can almost sort of look take so, the social democracy
1: and, it's, yeah. it's, it's so gratifying to me that uh Comparatively few of these experiments and like how are we going to like uh, make capital work have have like gone there because to me, once capital starts getting like, oh, well, we we can do social democracy, that's very much the uh, you wouldn't hit me. I'm just a little birthday boy and I have (laughs) glasses.
2: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Um. What, what will the end of neoliberalism mean for the bounty of the sea? <laughs> and the birthday boys who are reliant upon it look, for their reward? Look I'm just buddy. a little I'm just right. a little guy. Yeah. I'm just
1: a little guy and it's my
2: birthday and you can't be mad oh, yeah. at me. So, this actually works in Russia. I've definitely yeah. told this story on the podcast before, but there was a time when my friend was outside a bar and we were all like drunk as shit and this guy was about to like fully punch him and I just went over and went, but it's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy went, and the guy went, it's your birthday, happy birthday. <laughs> and he got so distracted by wishing me a happy birthday that he no longer punched my friend. Um, <laughs> so,
0: um, I mean, so James, back to sort of, read the article that you have yep. coming out, right? You sort of, you, we chart this thing in history, we look at it institutionally, But Mm. also there are the institutions that are sort of non-public institutions like Amazon, like Facebook or whatever. Mm. Facebook sort of making, uh, if we recall, right, last year when they were um, uh, testifying in front of um, um, a giga chad, Greg Stubbe. Oh, yeah. um, Mm. (laughs) Big guy. Yeah, big guy number one, Greg Stubbe. Um, Mm. uh, Zuckerberg's main point was you need an American style social network that's going to have American values that's not going to be controlled by China. Right. It is again, it's playing on that same paranoia. And I think when the the paranoid style of the state and the paranoid style of the industries that depend on mm. the state, because because like all of the, the big megacorp tech companies, mm. all of them exist to take from as, as we said earlier to sort of suck as much money out of the money printer as they possibly can yeah is that you know as, and as you were saying earlier alice it's like yeah you can have some um you know right-wing authoritarianism in your capital you can have some technocracy and it's very clear that these companies are more than happy with this sort of uh tapering out of the specifics of the neoliberal period because mm. they've already worked out how to do it they worked it out a while ago yeah
2: they just need the line to go up i right. don't really mind about anything else.
4: I think that's it. I think that's right. I mean it's the other part of like neoliberalism ending and it not necessarily being any better is is that you you have these I mean you mentioned Amazon, Facebook, the sort of big tech companies that really have all grown up since two thousand and eight. They're, they're products of the the crisis and the crashes is the period where these things establish themselves and become uh, you know movable features of the economy. Uh, and and they they operate they operate within the neoliberal framework. they grow inside this neoliberal framework, but they they push continually. Beyond the boundaries of that, they are continually searching for ways, for example, Facebook's a good example, searching for ways in which they can you know, expand the range of their data grabbing and data analysis operations, way mm. beyond what the law or regulations say. There's no law or something that says, Facebook, these are the limits on what you can do. It's not like you're running a bank. A bank has actually fairly tight laws and regulations mm. that say, these are things you can do, these are things you can't do. And that's yeah. the framework you operate in. You, you can lobby to try and get things changed, but that's basically where you are. You can't Facebook- regulate them. They're just going on the computer. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. You don't need to regulate that. Exactly, so, so Facebook sort of sets its own boundaries there, even to the point of having this kind of uh, what, what do they call it? The, the court, effectively, or presented yes. like the Supreme Court, they've mm. set up to oversee sort of boundary cases and what you can and can't put on Facebook. So quasi judicial mm. function that's been established by by the company itself. So this this is moving Facebook beyond court bailiff, yeah, yeah, but it's mm-hmm. moving beyond PC the uh, King presiding. It's moving beyond the sort of neoliberal paradigm at that point. It's it's, it's mm. acting in ways that neoliberal corporations aren't supposed to do. You're not supposed to just mm. make your own law. You're supposed to accept the law and accept the government created this nice level playing field for yeah, you and you're supposed off you supposed to and play, break
1: right? it subtly like banks
0: do <laughs> Yeah, exactly yeah. I mean, You also, I think the, the other great example like if we want to sort of talk about the, the different mega companies, how they sort of benefit from this I think the opposite example to Amazon which now understands itself as mm. basically an outgrowth of several uh, US government agencies for example, it's trying to take over from NASA it's trying to be the main sort of cloud computing supplier to the Ministry of Defense and so on and so on um, The other example yeah. of how of how sort of the neoliberal paradigm says you do this is uh you get the um you get the government to subsidize your wage bill, which is Walmart, right? Where Walmart, ah, yes. Walmart sort of um, knows that they can pay a minimum wage that's less than the living wage. Uh, they know that the costs can go up and it's fine. They know they can play a role in driving costs up because as long as they keep consumer products cheap, which they're happy to do because the labor is cheap. Then the government is happy to very quietly subsidize their wage bill with things like um uh, uh food stamps. Uh, or with things like uh, a sort of um uh thing things akin to what we would call universal credit here
2: wage top-ups and so happens on happens here yeah. as well yeah cuz yeah. i mean all, basically none of the supermarkets pay a living wage to yeah. their like basic rate staff and i bet a huge proportion of them are on some kind of state income support mm.
0: yeah and so essentially what's happening is 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 you are paying the wa- is but that is the neoliberal way to do this right is yeah. there are a a a complicated set of uh you might say technocratic pipes of money Mm. where it all sort of goes through the employer. The entrepreneurial state is nowhere mm. to be seen. It is merely individual men and women. Um and I mean I mean again I'm talking talking purely about the ideology. I'm like sort of mm. saying, look at the shadows in the cave wall. They're doing something different. Yeah. But, <laughs> um you know, and because if only because I think the one of the sort of uh, sort of defining features of this is like less change, more continuity mm. because like the the idea that sort of in the neoliberal era sort of from thatcher peeking at china and, and, and entering the wto to its sort of decline in the crisis um is this fantasy that the state is el- is being a night watchman we know that was never true we know that for example like the that the uh the state sort of uh, actively often violently uh, intervenes to sort of you know uh, allow sort of chosen patrons like g4s for example to accumulate by dispossession well because g4s they're just so yeah. good at what they do <laughs> yeah, i so mean good. you can't you can't Or you need those guys. Or Canary Wharf, for example. But uh, Mm. these things are often sort of quite brutal, and they are very, very state-driven. But it is, it is not. The state is not itself entrepreneurial. It's responding Mm. to the need, what it it thinks the needs of, of not just capital but businesses are. Yeah. Mm. Whereas in this case, what we have is simply by the fact that. Capital no longer wants the scam economy, if only because it realizes the scam economy is not going to be profitable for it in the near term. We have to go to a different way of organizing, organizing
2: ourselves politically and that's oh, a shame that we found out that we can't do the scam forever yeah it turns out eventually like someone's like hey so you know this big pyramid that we're all in what's at the bottom of it?" <laughs>
3: uh, yeah well yeah then ev-
2: eventually love the pyramid the- no ev- shade eventually
3: but- you make so many mlms that it just becomes it goes from pyramid into a big mound
0: yeah, that's right. Well, no, what's on the bottom of the pyramid is more guys building the pyramid. <laughs> so long as you keep building the bottom of the pyramid, nothing bad could ever happen. Yeah, that's just infinite guys. And then yeah. you get more. Once those guys are done, then like, you get more guys. It's like a Greek house. Just you know, ever stop renovating it? The yeah. bill never comes due. Exactly. Um, but I, I think right there, there is. and So I guess what I, what I want to ask as well is like, you know, the, uh, how, the left, such as it is, sort of has been sort of desiring uh, for the mm. neoliberal era to end. And I feel like we sort of did that on a monkey's paw. <laughs>
4: <laughs> exactly it. Um, yeah, because you, you spent a long period of time. Look, the good thing about talking about neoliberalism, if, if you're on the left, is it, it gives people who. who um, want to overthrow capitalism somebody something to talk to uh, or talk about with people who just want to sort of reform things make things a bit nicer everyone can line up yeah. and say we all disagree with neoliberalism this is a horrible way of running capitalism so let 's try and do something different um, what we 're getting in front of us is versions of something different but not necessarily mm. any better so so there 's a more fundamental question start to open up which is you know, what what do we do about capitalism as such mm. that it can Easily, mm. it's changed. You yeah, know, it's been around for 200 years. It's twisted and changed form over that period of time. There's lots of different ways of running uh, capitalist societies and capitalist economies, mm. and you don't have to just sit in the one that we've had for the last 40 years or so mm. and say, "Okay, that's it." There's a more fundamental question that opens up, which is, "What is capitalism doing, and what could yeah. we do about that?" Rather than just like, "How do you change the governance of capitalism?"
0: Yeah, and I I think that it is the question that sort of that we deal with, and also I think it's it's important to sort of understand, for example, how Different like um uh, uh uh different like legislative battles are sort of going against this kind of thing, right? Mm. There are some, and we'll talk about this actually in next week's free episode. There are, for example, like initiatives in, in California to end the practice of um uh, uh 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 having warehouse workers work to like um performance quotas, for example, right? It is there are there are there is being fought um legislatively, but I think the important thing is. For now, from an ideological "Shadows mm-hmm. on the Cave Wall" perspective, is uh, I th- it's time to stop talking about neoliberalism unless you are talking about history.
4: Yeah, I, uh, think. I think that's where we're getting to, and we're going to get there quite rapidly. And the problem you've got is 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 there's a sort of version, particularly on the left, of the history where it's like neoliberalism is a sudden eruption, a sudden break, rather than something that appears gradually over a period of time. Right? If you take Britain, there is a series of defeats for the left and the trade union movement, most obviously the miners, but you know the steel workers before that, and then. Ambulance drivers uh, sometime afterwards, and print workers, it's somewhere in between. Uh, Mm. The left itself is defeated in 1983 general election, inside the Labour Party. All of these things happen, and there's a battle to create neoliberalism, Mm. which which only really appears in its its sort of finished form in the 2000s, under under effectively, under under new Labour. It's a very, very neoliberal government. I mean, increased spending, this is public spending, but it's still very, very neoliberal government. And and instead, we, we... if we have a version of history which is like this arrived all at once yeah. rather than like this was assembled piecemeal, we'll get this process we're in at the, at the minute wrong as well. It's not like one day you wake up and neoliberalism's over and you're in a kind of authoritarian state capitalism. Yeah. It's more like you know the thing is being assembled in front of us. So there's opportunities to change how it's being put together. Oh, it's Looney Tunes. We're just in the car and we're putting the track down in front of the car as quickly <laughs> as we can.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, and then uh, Karl Marx said that eventually your arms get tired and you can't put the track down anymore basically yeah. and then also there's a big fake tunnel that's yeah. been painted on the wall of the cliff <laughs> so i mean uh, alison who's saying how does that idea strike you this idea that is that is we're we're we've sort of built as much as we can in this direction we're sort of building in another but you know behind the great and powerful laws it's still capital
3: yeah i mean i like broadly agree with that i agree with like basically everything that was said um like one thing i've sort of been thinking about a little bit is like really kind of i didn't want to call it post-ideology um because made partly because i can't do the Zizek impression of it but also just because i'm not i think that might be a bit of a reach but it definitely like feels as if and for a long time it's felt as if um kind of conversations about this being either the end of liberal uh, neoliberalism or like an extension of neoliberalism feels kind of misplaced and it feels kind of misplaced on the basis that there it doesn't actually seem to be like a real strong ideological um mm. like even within like conservative and right wing like movements that i've been watching but it doesn't seem to be mm. like any real commitment to an ideological goal what seems to just be the case and like i think you can also see this in this real kind of impulse and demand to kind of keep on trying to ignite culture wars um is this real distraction from the fact that like ideologically the people who would have identified as neoliberals mm. like really genuinely think beyond like the asi freaks like they probably they they've all kind of admitted that they failed. Um they haven't said it openly, but like I think a lot of them have sort of accepted that it is a failure and that's why they're trying to do like trad culture war stuff. Um yeah, I think you're totally right.
1: I like I I will I will go there and I'll say that it
3: is post-ideology because
1: like <laughs> I, I, I do think of it as like a I, I did a thread a while back where I described like uh, Xi Jinping thought as like a gray cube of ideology that you like slot into the big ideology void in your government, mm. um, and it's like uh, that's not a unique to unique to China thing by any means. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's it, there's there's nothing there, and I think the culture mm. war point is a very perceptive one. Is there's just like you just have to like sort of triangulate, and while these people were mm. always hypocrites and while they're always to some extent you know uh, treat, uh, treating any sort of ideological mm. thing as like largely disposable now it feels like it's just it, even more so there's just like there's no point in buying into an ideology because you can just you know just do whatever just import one
0: mm. I, th- I think that, that you can even connect that back to sort of what we were talking about about sort of mm. um, uh, something like GB News right mm. uh, which is it's which is it's sort of yeah, cra- tune yeah, in after yeah. this <laughs> which to, is uh... it's, it's, it's it's that's what we make in this country we don't even make in this country now um a uh, good culture war tea. it's all sort of crappy done on the cheap uh sort of just b- just puking out lazy shit for the u s. Yeah, like
1: it's it's not even like it's there's a single uh, a single yeah. direction here because look at yeah. look at the extent to which uh, American transphobia has managed to, like just adopt wholesale uh, stuff from Britain. It, it, yeah, all of this stuff yeah. is just. The the other big thing that I think about is um uh the the various like heads of uh the Ukrainian governing party, Servant of the People, which Ooh was boy. which oh was boy. elected my, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> elected on the basis of a fictional TV show, uh which mm, already yeah. says a lot. Uh announced their, yeah, on GB News. their dedication to Xi Jinping thought and to like mm. uh studying China as an example of like uh the, the way forward and that mm. that to me is just the perfect example of we don't have an ideology we better fucking get one where can we mm. get one well we'll just file off the serial numbers from this one that like seems to serve us better than whatever america's doing right now cuz yeah. it occasionally allows us to do stuff yeah exactly
0: it's the it's the the question you know what what do we what do we make here now um mm yeah i don't know posts all them yeah Yeah. i (laughs) (laughs) I
3: was gonna say we make we make the finest turfs uh they the the (laughs) the turfs are the turfs are distilled uh on top of uh from the top of a giant mound uh so you get the
2: (laughs) so you get
3: get the cleanest you get the cleanest turf brain um when you yeah that's right
2: the yanks have gone soft they can't make your own transphobia anymore we've we've given the mound um no, um,
0: so I I, th- I think this is I the think, mound is a women only space. I, I think this is I think this is probably uh, a pretty good place to uh, to park this one. Mm. Um, so I just want to say, James, thank you so much for coming on
4: and talking to no us. Problem. Thank you.
0: And to all you out there in podcast land Thank you very much For listening And don't forget There is a Second episode Of the podcast Available for Five dollars a month It is on... stored Inside the mound It's stored Inside the mound <laughs> It's five dollars To get into The
2: yeah. podcasting mound Although it's eight pounds well, To go
0: up the mound Five dollars yeah. uh, To listen to the podcast
2: episode That's sitting in the mound Grand old Duke of York He had ten thousand men He led them up To the top of the mound And it cost and myself, a lot of money Yeah it did Yeah, yeah. And they all saw the bins Yeah They all yeah. It cost eight hundred thousand pounds mm. Um um, so anyway, the mound collapsed under the weight of ten thousand men. <laughs>
0: excuse me, eighty thousand pounds. It wasn't rather. built for that. Um, anyway, all all of that being said, uh, what are we doing as our bonus episode? We are going to be going up north. We're talking about Scotland in our bonus episode, yeah. oh, specifically going up north. The town of Cumberhill. That was uh, yeah. Newcastle.
2: No, yeah. I know. It was just because Riley said we're going up north, uh, yeah, and so, you didn't yeah.
0: let me finish where
2: we were going. It's oh, yeah.
0: Scotland. Uh, uh, and, Oi, we're
2: talking about Cumberland. Road. Uh, I don't, I'm going to Billy Conley here for some reason. Uh, you know, it's fucking, I'm stuck in a
0: mound. I'm never going to mention the name <laughs> of the place. Are they, <laughs> ever what are they built
2: this mound for then? It's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I'm looking at bins from up here. Well, quit
0: this course. You're talking about it. <laughs> yeah Yeah. that is true it started a conversation that's what we make we make columns posts and mounds Mm. anyway from one of the three of those three things uh, Mm. we will see you again in a couple of days in the bonus bye everyone
2: bye bye bye